What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Anybody and Everybody. I'm your host, Herm, and today I have one of my good friends in studio. He is a beauty. We call him Shelly. He's a bit of a quieter kid. He didn't really want too much of his personal life coming out, so we just left it at Shelly all day. We didn't really give too many details about his life. But boy, can I tell you some stories, and I think that a lot of them come out in this episode. And uh, one of the funny things about this show is that it's actually the first interview I did for anybody and everybody. So this one's been in the bank for like over a month and a half now. And uh, I think you're going to hear some tendencies come out because of that. Things that have already been resolved on the show over the first three episodes. But you know what, I left it in there because I think that it's really genuine and that you'll be able to kind of see the progression and how this show developed and how it came forth. But without further ado, here he is, one of my great friends from college, Shelly. Last year, he approached me with this wild idea to start a disc golf podcast. Yeah, we created a brand in about two months. Yeah, it was it was something else. I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but Shelly, how have you been, buddy? Uh, give the people a little bit of an update to give them a bio. Who are you? What are you about? Well, um, I was out there doing stuff, lots of stuff, fun stuff. I've got some stories now underneath my belt. Um, I aged a year since you guys have probably last seen me or heard me. Yeah, I mean, we re- now. we recorded a lot of episodes together. Yeah. A lot of episodes. We, so it was funny, back last year, and uh, I was I was dating this girl at the time, and we, I lived in an apartment, but I had a dorm room that we turned into a studio. And it was actually quite the makeshift studio it for recording that podcast and the, having a great time it was always funny because um the people that were living across the hallway were always really loud but they never, while we did the episode always and it was ne- you could never hear them it, it, every now and then you heard muffled but it was i think we hung a couple like blankets and stuff up on the walls it was yeah we had very, blankets on the walls very the um so each dorm room at the school comes with two beds i had turned it into one bed but it was like a couch bed so like one of the mattresses was up against the wall while the other was laying flat it was it was uh what was that show where it was like uh ella and the big red couch or whatever yeah yeah it was kind of like that but it was like a big navy blue couch <laughs> with a blanket hanging on it it was our elevated interview desk that we never had a live interview like in studio we always did the interviews over the phone but we never had anyone come in which is kind of sad because that would have been a fun place to interview. But we've recorded a video, I believe, on that. On that, uh, we did. Remember that? Oh my god! Yeah, that, we, was, that was a good. We one. had so many great content endeavors come through there. But um, for yeah, so so Shelly and I meet in college, and we we kind of hit it off from the beginning. Uh, a few things about myself is like I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, Boston fan all the way. And so is Shelly. So that was, I mean, what, 2017 we met? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, year... yeah. It was the last year David Ortiz played. And That's right. we were actually, I was actually in your dorm room watching that. And was, were, we, in... were we crying? We might have been crying. I, I think we, I, I definitely been shed tears. a tear. It was an emotional day to say the least. Yeah. I mean, the Red Sox were the way we started off. But then, I mean, we've hit it off on every facet since then at oh, this yeah. point. I mean, I, uh, I think that we've, taken this friendship from a pretty topical relationship and friendship to a point where where we could have a little bit of a deeper conversation and that's kind of what we're going to get into here but um so kind of the structure i mean this is one of the early episodes obviously we're gonna 
We're going to take a deep dive looking back on your life, and then we're going to come to modern day, see how you're feeling about a lot of things that are happening in today's society. I don't think we're going to get too political on here with you, but I think that there will be other guests that we talk a little bit of politics with. You yeah. know, I'm probably not the guy to talk politics with. I mean, I think we're, we're pretty much on the same page, oh, considering yeah. I'm just like a flaming liberal. I'm just running around here with my, like liberal agenda that's a a bold agenda to have down here in the uh old south as they call it yeah i mean choosing virginia for college definitely is one of those decisions that i look back on every day and uh well see now i'm uh i represent a new state now that's right you've moved since the last time we recorded i have i won't disclose what state though no you could you should disclose the state i wouldn't say the city well there's really only one city no 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 there's two Oh there's yeah, the one is. you're in, and then there's the one with the large college. Actually, never mind. No, <laughs> that's there, too much of a dead giveaway. There might be a third if you want to count that other place. Oh yeah, yeah that other yeah that yeah, other yeah place. <laughs> there is that other place. It's like that place is basically um, really shady. You ever seen Jersey Shore? <laughs> yeah, it's like Jersey Shore <laughs> meets high school kids getting really fucked up. Uh, on their beach week with yeah. like old people it's just a very it is weird the most it's such obs- a weird beach it is the most <laughs> obscure place probably one of them in america to oh, say the least i remember I mean, when i was a kid we went down there and i guess my parents didn't really do a good job of looking up where we were oh we were down by the strip clubs i was about 11 12 oh, and man. it was <laughs> well that really uh opened my eyes and um you know you know, my dad's favorite line was growing up was, we, so I grew up right outside of Philadelphia and we'd always go into Philadelphia for like sports events and stuff. And right across the street from all the stadiums was this strip club called Cheerleaders. And we'd always <laughs> pass it. And I'd be like, pops, we got to go to Cheerleaders. Joking around. I think it's cool. Like as like a 10 or 10 year old, I guess, or however old I was at the time. And I always be like, pops, we got to go to Cheerleaders. There's girls there and everything. And he's like his favorite line. And he'll, he'll say it's this day. You wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> every every single time, it's his favorite thing. It's his go-to. But no, that place is. You know what? I always I think about this a lot actually, and we can get into this a little bit. Is where would we be without cell phones, man? I don't know how our parents researched going on like trips for us. So my whole life, <laughs> I, I grew so up lost. playing travel hockey. Every weekend, we're in a different hotel. How do our parents, I mean, God, I am completely sounding like a millennial here, but oh, like, yeah. how are they finding like which hotels, how are we getting there? I understand how to use a map. I do. But like the way I have to give a huge round of applause to all the parents who like navigated their children to those tournaments without a GPS on their phone and like instantly knowing where to go. I mean, yeah, I've, I've thought about that too, driving like, wow, if I'm going like on a, a decently long road trip to a place I've never been. Like, how am I going to find my way around? And, like, now I understand why, like, people have, like, the way that they go places. Like, my pops, he'll go, we'll be going to the same place. I'll take Google Maps because I don't know how to get there because I'm basically directional literate or whatever. But he <laughs> knows a, the one way that he's been going since he was, like, 12 years old. It might take him an extra, like, 15 minutes to get there, but it's just how he does it. Oh, yeah. and, then he'll, and then he'll argue with you that it's quicker. That's yeah, the no, that's that's always they're always like, no way, it's faster. Like, well, no, it's actually like seven minutes slower. But you know what? You can keep believing that. But yeah, like I bet you kids today driving probably don't even look at street signs anymore. No, I know. Well, actually, I can tell. I have a great story. Actually, this is perfect. So my sister, I'm driving her to her girlfriend's house the other night, and she 
is telling me how to get there. She obviously had figured it out by this point. She's not using Google Maps anymore. Plot. Yeah. Huge. That's also that's always a big thing good when for you her. drive somewhere so many times that you don't need the iPhone anymore. That's right. always like a like it's a, a good big time like yeah. I know, but the first time you do it and you fuck up a turn and you're accidentally going the wrong way and you're like, Well, then you start like panicking. But like, yeah, oh, then you panic. Like, exactly. Where am I? Oh, no. But so she's telling me where to go and she just keeps saying, it's past the green sign. It's past the green sign. And I'm like, is it like a big green sign? It's like a country club sign. We're like, we're in like the sub developments of New Jersey. So I, there's like three country clubs in the area. There's a lot of those like big uh, suburbial, whatever you want to call them, where every house looks the same. And she, she goes, it just passed the green sign. And I'm like, dude, what the hell am I looking for? She's talking about a damn street sign. That's a, it says Jefferson Avenue on it. Like you could not <laughs> give me a more like distinct sign to look for in your life than the street sign that says Jefferson Avenue on it. But no, she gives me the green sign on the corner. Where the hell am I looking for a green sign on the corner? Uh, only if you're looking for the name yeah i I mean that's that's kind of where our generations come from and then in the car i'm driving the two of them that's my sister and her girlfriend and she is like uh or no her girlfriend works at a pre-k and she was telling me about how these kids nowadays read a book about a dinosaur with an ipad like these kids are coming out the womb messed up (laughs) I i remember i used to use a lego to play, and you thought I played with it like it was a snowboard. I would imagine that, like, this Lego, this singular Lego I had was a snowboard. And these kids have books about iPads as two-year-olds. Well, some of them actually are, are, like, using iPads at this point. Like, Oh, I know. I remember when I was a kid, like, I couldn't even have, like, like Nintendo DS till I was in, like, fourth, fifth grade. Do you remember the um, Leap Pad we were talking Actually, about? yes, I did have It had that. the pen that you pressed the end into. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, millennials would be able to connect to this. Oh, like, yeah. Crazy. Leap Pads were the thing. Well, but, now the Leap Pads are basically iPads. Right. I, you just buy your kid an iPad, you can use his damn finger to press it onto the next page. Like, I remember, the I remember like, the Leap Pads were, like, a big piece of plastic, basically. Well, like, remember you'd like put the book in it and yeah. you'd have to push the pen into it and half the time it wouldn't work. No, I mean, yeah, it was it always was like screwed up technology. But I mean, kids these days, they're coming up with it. Nice. If yeah. I mean, I can't say and that's where it's like, I mean, obviously, I'm only 22 years old. I'm not thinking about kids yet or anything. But like when I do have kids one day, what kind of parent will I be if I'm my kids the only one without an iPad in the damn class? Like, well, that's the way it's going now. Like, everything's based off of the computer, the internet. I mean, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, like what people say, because obviously what we're doing right now is going to be on the internet and whatnot. And, like, a lot of people are making good careers, good livings off the internet. But, like, it's crazy how, like, you don't even need to be in the same room with somebody, and yet you can be connected. And all these kids are going to be in the same room on these iPads, not talking to each other. Right. They're just going to be looking at the damn screen. I mean,. I, I talk about it almost every day, and I tell every professor I have this in college just to grind their gears a bit. I always tell them how, like, worthless college is. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> because I think that's so much of coming to college is just learning how to talk to people. Yeah, it's like learning how to, like, and if we how take, to interact with, like, a boss. Right, and if we take that skill out of college, and what the hell are we here for? We're just here for time management. You can figure that out in one year when you fail your first class, you know, I mean... Well, it also helps, like, being in college to learn how to be independent. Obviously, the kids that don't are the ones that really don't amount to anything. Like, if you learn how to be in, an independent adult in an environment like a college setting where, like, you still have some restrictions and whatnot, like, you, you have a schedule to follow and whatnot, but, like, no one's there telling you to do it. Right. Like, that's probably the biggest skill you get besides, obviously, learning how to talk to people above you. 
Drink beer. Yes, and drink lots of light beer. <laughs> too many light beers. I mean, well, I feel actually... like after two years, I just grew out of it. I was like, I need to just start drinking IPAs like a real father. Well, so, um, I mean, that was part of it, too. I wasn't living on campus, so I did that as well. So there was a lot of things that changed in those like year and a half that I wasn't really on the college campus, but I was still in college. I think I had, it was a lot of maturing. My, I had my first experience with a craft the, beer. How? Oh, that's right. This weekend, right? Yes. You, were t- you you just you brought it up right before we got going. Yeah. I said, "Shelly, save it for the save it for the podcast, buddy." Yeah. Um, I don't think I can go back to light beer the same. No, with the mean, same with the same mentality at least. You know what the nice thing about IPAs? Well, I drink. I prefer an IPA personally. I I don't. Any everybody has their different style of craft beer, but for me, it's like. I don't wake up feeling hungover. I don't have the shits the next morning. I'm not feeling awful. Well, you don't really drink those to get drunk, drunk. Like, like no, a, but like I a, will. Like a party drunk. Like you just casually drink them, and then next thing you know, you drink like three or four or five. And but then you you have a nice buzz going oh, on. Yeah. you could do business on that amount of beer. Yeah, that's and- what that's what I come down to. So last week we had a business trip to Philadelphia, and one of the rules was that you have to stay athletic drunk. We called it. And athletic drunk is being able to conduct business while still being a little bit tipsy. So oh, I yeah. mean, that's kind of like IPAs keep you right there. And now you hit your you hit your tipping point. You do. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's like once well, you break the seal, you're you're cooked, honestly. Well, they're also a little bit a little bit higher alcohol content and whatnot. You got to be aware of that. Obviously, I mean, yeah. those light beers are like what like four. I think it's like four point five at the max. I mean, there's places be, where you let's can, be real though. When you're drinking light beers, like you're pushing you're, them, you're trying to drink as many as you can. Before, you're you're like, putting down a thirty rack. I mean, yeah. That I mean, I'll get into the stories obviously throughout this podcast and plenty oh, yeah. of guests and everything. My freshman year and everything, but like, th- there's nights where you could just push thirty of those things and you don't even recognize it. You just yeah. run out. Yeah. <laughs> but or you get tell me jugged. more. I mean, what do you remember? What you got? Yeah, I got this. It was a dark beer, and I wasn't necessarily like I'm not a dark beer person. Like I, they're kind of intimidating. Yeah, Guinness is definitely the 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 name that comes to uh, my head when it comes to like the dark beer. Like when you think of a dark beer, I'm, I think Guinness. But I had like I, I mean, before this, my experience was light beer and like your domestics and whatnot. And it was I love like, how you're using all these big terms. I know. Like, I actually know what, like, how to really drink. Like, an I heard they added more hops recently. Yeah. They, <laughs> I could really jump a lot higher after drinking it because all the hops, right? Isn't that, isn't that what the term is? Is that from um, Superbad? No, it was Superbad. He, he's, you remember when he's getting the beer and she's like, it's got more hops. And he's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've heard they've recently added more hops <laughs> to the beer. That's such a great movie. Oh, I know. It's a classic. But, so you just want one beer. One dark, yeah. Dark so beer. I was like, I sampled a few. Um, they had like a pale ale, but that wasn't really my speed. Although Blue Moons are, I guess you can consider that to be closer to a pale ale. That's very good. Blue Moon's great on a Blue summer Moon, day with yeah. an orange in it. Oh yeah, very yeah. good. But I had it, and it did not go down like a dark beer like I thought it was. It, it went down like a light beer, but it like still had a lot of like that rich taste. I was like, wow. And the next thing you know, I bought three cups of that stuff, and I was really, three cups, eh? No um, glasses. I mean, yeah, it was glasses, <laughs> but I got the, the college mug. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're a member now. I am. How much extra do you have to pay for that? Like twenty-one bucks? No, <laughs> no. It was like I think five. Oh, that's not bad. Five, and you go back and you just pay for the drink. Right. It's cheaper in the end when you pay for the mug or yeah, no, whatever. At, and this place is actually like pretty, pretty cool. It's a pretty cool concept. So it's a like a 
It's a microbrewery. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like uh, they basically just test out for the main brewery. Like if they have right. like an idea, they'll just see how people react to it. Don't they call it like the test room or whatever? Yeah, it's like yeah. a like a beer lab. It's yeah, the, beer lab. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. I and mean, it was good. Yeah, dude. The I guy, mean, the guy there knew his knew his stuff. There's plenty of weekends where I get lost at a brewery. I mean, it's probably one of the more comfortable uh, places I've ever been. But like, so, like for example, like when I was with Underground Sports Philadelphia, we had a podcast that was about like beer and everything, and it was great. There was plenty of times I tried to get out to their shows so that I could like get free beer and sample them and have a good time with it. But I think I'm gonna definitely try. Um, what do you call those things? The um, when you have all the all the cups on it uh what's the name of it it's like all the different beers oh uh a flight yes a flight i think (laughs) i think that'll be my next i um, thought you were like trying to stack these glasses or something (laughs) no 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 no, a college student comes into a brewery and starts stacking glasses that's when you know they're buzz Uh, ripping shots at a brewery hey it happens to the best of us right imagine if you brought a bottle of something into a brewery and just started chugging it man all right uh, you know what? I had a, a, I had a drunk Jim Leahy uh, experience last weekend. A who? A drunk Jim Leahy. Who's Jim Leahy? Have you never seen Trailer Park Boys? Oh, I have. I have. He's the, uh, yeah, the yeah, superintendent yeah. that's yeah, always, yeah, always yeah. drunk. <laughs> oh, that one went right over my head. Yeah, and I was drinking out of the out of the bottle at that point. That's when you and know I, the I, night I, just and I going was the downhill. Liquor. I was the liquor. Actually, you know what point of the night and this is there's no no free advertising. I mean, we don't currently have a sponsor for the show, but no free advertising, but uh there's that pink drink that oh, we uh, get and I'll I'll take that out of the bottle uh, yeah. any day of the week. Yeah, I killed two of those. Uh, dude, it goes down too easy. The thing is, you drink the whole bottle and you're like, "Oh, I'm good. I'm good." And then 5 minutes later, you're on your ass for the rest of the night. Yeah, especially, um, I found that the best combination is to drink those with twisted teas, because you can just, like... Hey, keep going, keep going. Uh, I'm signaling to Selden to move his arm off the wire in the back, because I put the bad wire in his microphone tonight, Ooh. and, uh, you know, we just gotta be extra careful here. I found, I found that twisted teas and, and pick Whitney go very, very good together. Now you dropped the name there. <laughs> It's okay. No free advertising. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Oh, it's I mean, probably it, the most. It's probably the absolute most talked about alcoholic drink in America right now, and Canada. It's definitely the most popular liquor on our campus. Is it really? See, yeah. I don't really. Now our ABC store has it. Do they? Okay. Yes. So I mean, I don't really drink on campus. I obviously I only spend like three days a week here in Ashland, so I don't really. Or... Yeah, they just got it and they sold out this weekend. Really? Yeah. In one weekend. Yeah. Was it all of like your guys or? Uh, it was a fair was amount. A, good mix. a lot of a lot of the um brothers on uh-huh. the row, yeah, were uh all over that. Yeah, I mean it's it goes down easy. It tastes great, and it's just it's it's a good buzz. I mean, it is. I don't know about you. I don't really get hung over from it, which no, is it's that's an important one for else, me. Because yeah, such, such a small else. amount of it. The only thing I was worried about is like there's got to be like a ton of sugar in there. Like that's it's probably really not. What, it's just like your standard lemonade. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. You I mean, can make it with the. Um, well, no, yeah, that's how it got originated. Just yeah. go get New Amsterdam vodka and the makers. No, not makers. Mark, whatever the lemonade was that he used with the old man on the front. Is yeah. that really it? Yeah, I mean, I was listening. So I've been listening to Spit and Chicklets now for probably two years. It's been a yeah. while, but um, I was there. I remember when Whitney was like, "Oh, I just love this drink. It's vodka and lemonade." 
And next thing you know, people are posting pictures left and right. It's the Pink Whitney. I mean, they've invented some wild shit through that show just because of, like, the things that they've said. Like, oh, yeah. No, like, those recently, guys are insane. Oh, I know. But, like, recently, R.A., their their old guy host, who's kind of, like, crazy a little bit, <laughs> said, was telling everyone about, like, a sandwich. Like, it's a bagel with cream cheese, bacon, and jelly on it. And they're calling it, like, the trash bag sandwich or something. And apparently Dunkin' Donuts is, like, trying to market it now. <laughs> Those are three things that I really enjoy. Um, Just not together, I feel like. Well, I feel right. like the jelly throws it off there for me. I would yeah. probably put bacon and cream cheese on a bag. I actually have done that before. Yeah, no, I've done I've done that as well. Um, with Because I have a food allergy to a certain breakfast food yeah, you do. That, I, that I hate. Screw you, eggs. But anyway, yeah, I've done that before with the bacon and the and the cream cheese, but the jelly might add another flavor. You know, I feel like that wouldn't be you bad. You hear the argument a lot about, like, sweet and savory, but the only thing is, like, what is cream cheese? Is it sweet or is it savory? I mean, you can get, like, traditional cream cheese, which I guess I would go under sweet, I yeah. I would assume. <laughs> it, it's kind of a middle ground, though. Right. It's it, I, This is this has been pondering my brain now for, like, three nights in a row. I, I'm staying up at night not able to sleep because of this question like what the hell kind of flavor is cream cheese because it's it's not sour it's, it's a not, little sour it's, but it's but it's, but it's not also like powering but then they give you the cream cheese with like chives in it and you're like okay this is a savory cream cheese this is great stuff like put this on go, in everything bagel and i'm in heaven yeah everything bagels only like Ever since I made the switch, like, a couple years ago, like, I just do not go back. Yeah. To, I mean, to the planes. I mean, Unless it's Einstein, bro, plane, because that's just really good. Do we labels. have Einstein Brothers down here in Virginia? I, uh, in, in northern Virginia. Oh, okay. But See, not, not, I don't think anywhere farther south. Well, then, why don't we take this conversation that direction? To your childhood, actually. Okay. Growing up, you, you grew up in southern Virginia, right? Uh, it's central southern, but, central, I mean, middle it was southern. an interesting place to grow up because it was such a weird mix of like like i was actually talking to someone about this tonight like they're asking what what was it like i was like well it was kind of hood but at the same time like really rich but then at the same time like really redneck actually i can kind of really like connect with that where i'm from in south jersey is like either you're in little alabama little puerto rico or in your like in beverly hills yeah it's, there is it's no like, in between the three of those the, yeah there was it was literally like three different places in one and it was always weird because I had friends from all three parts of, of that environment, and they always meshed pretty well. It was just weird because, like, people, I mean, people identified by the, the area code, like, your zip code. Right. Like, you didn't identify, by, like, oh, I'm from here. No, I'm from numbers to be inserted. Now, like, growing up, did you have – you? I mean, like, if you're like me, I never recognized anybody's class. Like, no. if you would have – so one of my best friends, like his house is quite literally the size of our college campus. And I, if, as a kid, that didn't phase me at all. Yeah. I never recognized the difference between his house and mine. You know, I mean, it was really just one of those things that I wish I could go back to not really realizing like what part of the world I'm in. And I mean, it sounds like it's something pretty apparent that you could figure out growing up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was kind of the same way. I went to a pretty rough middle school. Like a lot of, I mean, a lot of my friends from middle school classmates probably aren't in a good place with their life right now because of decisions, people they ran with and stuff. But like, they were my friends. I I didn't judge like where they came from, you know, like their ethnicity, their 
their what what their house looked like and stuff like that they're just my friend like i just right. that didn't fit like that didn't even cross my mind like if i liked you as a person like you're my friend i don't really care right no totally i mean i can kind of connect with that i went to private school up until seventh grade and then in seventh grade i transferred to pub- public school and shit you want to talk about a whirlwind i went from literally like the people who live in the beverly hills houses to the people in the ghetto i mean i'll be straight up like there were like gang people like members like family members of gang members in my class and they couldn't sit on the same side of the classroom like and teachers knew this shit and i remember one day there was like a gang war or something going on like in the like wherever gang wars happen i i stayed so far away i was just like usually the little white kid in the class and everybody avoided me but like i remember them like trying to fight each other in the class because they were getting text messages from like either older siblings or parents like there's a gang war right now like get anybody on the other team or i don't know really how it works i probably sound incredibly uncultured right now but i just don't understand the culture i mean yeah i mean my middle like my area the gangs weren't as prevalent at at the younger age it was more like high school is when kids started running with with the uh bad crowds but like yeah it was there it was there it was always there it kind of freaks you out a bit i mean i remember so I went to this school, and I remember after seventh grade, I, I made my way. And, I mean, my first friends, though, at that school were kids who, like, parents have either been, like, addicts or struggled or done something wrong in their life to the point where they're, like, not the most uh, put – I don't want to say put together. Whatever, you know. Not they're impoverished are. or what? Yeah. No, that's a horrible word, too. I don't know what I'm looking for. But, I mean, some of my best friends going first day. I mean, this kid uh, – I remember Dean – this kid, Dean, nicest kid in the freaking world. But he literally said he was homeless half of the year. So it's, like, crazy just to think, like, these different communities that we can come through, like, the sub-communities of our communities. Yeah. But so in this town where you grew up, I mean, we obviously have cultural differences. But what was that kind of noticed in the different things that you would do? Like growing up, like you probably played like little league baseball. And- oh yeah, no, where I played little league baseball was, it was quite insane that they actually had little league baseball there. Um, probably wasn't the safest place um, in my town, but uh, nicest fields in the area though. I will say. Really, they yeah, kept them. They, they kept, kept them really nice. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the parents did a really good job, which is, I mean, shout out to everyone that's volunteered out there, like. That doesn't go unnoticed, especially no, when you get older, too. No, it too. doesn't. Especially when you, yeah, exactly, when you are the parent that's getting up at, like, 6 a.m. to go manicure those fields for kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, those, And you don't get paid. You don't, like, yeah, it's all out of the kindness of your heart. No, so, yeah, so I remember when, uh, specific, actually, yeah, when I was probably 11 and 12-year-old baseball, so, I mean, that was, like, a pretty... That's, like, the pinnacle. That was, about, that was, that a, was when I peaked. Shit. When I was 12 years old, I was, like, 5 foot 10, 185 pounds. An absolute unit. I was just a unit. Any sport I played, hockey, lacrosse, baseball, I was just running through kids. Yeah, that, but, yeah, 11 and 12 is about the age where baseball really gets competitive, I would say. Well, that's, like, the Little League World Series Yeah, period. so, yeah, everyone's fighting to get to Williamsport and whatnot. Right. But, yeah, so I remember we were having a practice... And there was a like a basketball court wasn't very nice, but like there was some good basketball that got played on that court. Oh yeah! But there was also it was where people would settle their fights and stuff. They'd go out there like I know when I was in high school, people would go down there to go fight. Right. Because cops didn't go around there. At least they didn't used to. Now, a little bit smarter um, 
decisions by the law enforcement to make sure that that place is nice and secured well it's a nice patrol it was a nice park just in a really rough area right and so like yeah i remember we were we were hitting we were taking batting practice and then all of a sudden like a mob of about 50 people just roll right onto the court going into the bathrooms that were beside it and like there was gunshots went off and they took us they took us off the field like that was crazy we were like 12 I mean, so like you heard the gunshots. I don't and think everything? anyone. Yeah, I don't think anyone died. I think it was just someone trying to flex that they had. Yeah, some, some like, hand cannons. But like, yeah. still. Yeah, I mean, holy shit! You're a 12 year old baseball player right there. You're experiencing that. I mean, I thought that's that w- something that could mess up a kid for a long time. Yeah, no, I thought that that might have been the final straw for that. But no, they they've definitely done a good job of of making sure that place is safe. But yeah, that was very scary. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. But in that did that park have any disc golf? It did not. You know, uh, so well, we should get into this at some point, too. And um, I was thinking about getting you on today, and I was thinking about what we're going to talk about, and I was like, we got to do a, a Reti disc golf ad read. Do you think Reti <laughs> would sponsor one episode? No. So I actually came across their Instagram account the other day, and they've re-amped, re-upped, and uh, I think the guy's name was uh, Chris or something. I he was can't a good remember. guy. He was a great guy. I, we, we literally put him out of business. There was too many people ordering from his website. and Actually, really? Yeah, do you not? I don't know if I ever shared the email with you, but he sent me an email like, hey, man, we got to shut down for a few months. I have too much going on, and I don't think we're going to be able to restock like to the point that we could. But there we are. So, do do, do so should I feel bad or should I feel No, you should feel great. It was right, free cool. <laughs> advertising, basically. Yeah, because he, he only get... sent us a few things. Yeah, he only sent us like one or two discs, but, I mean, we weren't really looking for that. We were just looking to make our podcast more prevalent and yeah. sound legit yeah shit let's just get into this um so shelly sends me this text and i'd probably played disc golf like five times in my life to this point but he goes hey man let's go ahead and start a disc golf podcast he's an avid disc golfer he's great like he's bombs it down the fairway absolutely just flexes on people but for i mean for those of you who don't know disc golf is it's probably one of the best recreational games that you could ever play. Yeah, I mean, it's what? Fr- so you can you could play with one Frisbee if you want. We did that a couple times. Yeah. It's no. one Frisbee or however many you want and literally a basket with chains that you throw it into and you play it like golf. You have yeah. par threes and you just go from there. And it's the same scoring system, same way to play, but you just throw a disc. And so he shoots me this text one day. He's like, hey, buddy, let's start this disc golf podcast. And I was like... I mean, sure, why not? I, I, I saw it as a business opportunity more yeah. than anything. I was like, shit, let's go make some money. <laughs> like, how are we going to do this? And I, 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 I do feel bad that we now tell a story and we kind of seem like complete trolls. I think that... Yeah, we kind of... Yeah, look at that. We had a lot of people, and I, I do feel awful about this, but we had a lot of people in the palm of our hands. We could have... We, yeah. we manipulated a lot of people, a lot of businesses, and we were able to... I won't say get away with murder, but we definitely <laughs> made our impact on the disc golf community for the few months that we did that show. Yeah, we were, uh, we never were really local. We sort of like went national quick. We went national the second that we got, um, do you remember Donnie from Wisconsin? Yes, Donnie was electric. Donnie was, he was one of the best interviews we ever did, but Donnie from, we literally went international, dude. We yeah, had we actually multi- did. <laughs> We had multiple international interviews with guys. What was his name from Sweden? I couldn't even pronounce his oh, name. Oh gosh, I forget his name, but he was a beauty. He was great. He yeah. was. He, he. We talked about soccer more than we did disc 
golf on the podcast. But so we have Donnie, who's from Wisconsin. He's a beauty. He might even listen to the show. He's a great guy. Still follows me on Instagram and everything. Then we had Brent. They're both from Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. And they helped us grow tenfold. There yeah. was, I remember, so we averaged what? First two episodes maybe got like 100 listens, maybe 150. Didn't we get one like close to, to like, a thousand yeah the donnie the first donnie episode i uploaded at like i think i probably uploaded at like midnight or whatever wake up the next morning it's got like 70 listens already i'm like holy shit this is doing really well already and then it blew i check it out up. i go to class from like nine to noon or whatever it was look at noon like 720 listens just an absurd crazy just jump and i mean there's so many people. I'm obviously starting this podcast. We're still brand new. I don't really expect to do any kind of numbers like that originally. So when you get like that kind of spike, just insane. It does crazy things for you. And then it also helps you kind of bait bait these companies in a bit more because you can uh, tell them about like getting a thousand listens on an episode or whatever. <laughs> I don't know if we had Reti before or after that. Uh, after Reti think- came pretty close to our... No, actually, Reti might have came a bit earlier than that. Yeah, I thought we got Reti like within like the first three, because like we proved that. I think after we got our first guest, Gage. Gage and Gage is still a beauty. He yeah. messages me on Instagram to this day. Yeah, he's Gage a great is the guy. Homie. Yeah, but yeah, so after we got Gage, we got Reti, and then after Reti, we got Donnie, and, and then. But then we had uh, OTB wanted to sponsor us there for a minute until we pissed them off because. Uh, yeah. We, uh, you know, business, business is business. And well, then they went and did their own podcast. Right. They went and started their we own podcast like actually a week the, after us. We were the first. We were the first legit disc golf podcast. That wasn't like exclusively about the tour. Right. So there was a couple before us and I can't remember. But what they, they were all basically just tour recaps. They were also a bunch of old guys literally just sitting around kind of annoying if i'm being totally honest yeah they were just reading stats we were just talking we were about just like messing around disc golf like we were just talking about like telling our own stories remember yeah. the okay so this is a story that i thought about earlier remember the uh kid who was looking for pokemon that came up to us that and was we thought, wild we thought he was gonna steal our bags because he was like watching us throw he's like what kind of discs do you use do you like using these discs do you throw it and you just sprint <laughs> we're sitting there teeing off yeah. and the kid just sprints away from us chasing a pokemon on his phone because he was playing that pokemon go game that game blew up no oh, that was a great game but like that was probably one of the scarier disc golf moments of my life yeah, i, thought, I we thought, yeah, we were, thought we were getting mugged yeah i thought we were gonna get not killed. only were we like playing disc golf but like we were playing disc golf in the hood yeah we were not in the safest oh, yeah. place of richmond yeah but i mean also another thing to note is that we had two aces between the two of us in back-to-back days yeah that was wild i, I that, was, that i haven't come close since dude i was looking so I mean, at the end of the day, this all culminates in us being able to build this kind of, I don't want to call it a disc golf empire, but we would, we would, we were on the projection to become like yeah. the, some of the faces of disc golf outside of like, um, what are the uh, two like major, there's, um, there's Jomez, Jomez Pro and, and Central, Coast. Central Coast. And they did predominant, like great coverage of disc golf. I don't they think had, we could have ever done what they did because they do more like the. Right. So we wouldn't have been like going on tour and doing video, but we would have been like some of the predominant faces of this. We would have been signing autographs by now. That's for damn sure. Like in the community, we would have been in Wisconsin probably at the beginning of this year at the prodigy games that they had going. So like we also had prodigy almost sponsors. I was talking to them like twice a day. Yeah. They really took us out for a, uh, for a spin yeah they, they really they, played us they, they played us a bit but you know i mean i respect the hell oh, of yeah them for that i Good mean business. they were great will shoestrick 
what a beauty. He kind of played me the one time. He was supposed to be like our biggest interview guest. Yeah, and then so, he yeah, just we kept ignoring to... my phone calls. That was no, no, no. That sh- would actually might have set us over the edge if we got shoestring. That would have, yeah, that would have might potentially put us over a edge. I mean, we weren't, we really went into it with no plan whatsoever. This podcast, I didn't think, yeah, I didn't even think we would get a hundred listens total. No, I mean, listen, today's what this podcast that we're recording right now is dropping on February tenth. I don't even know if this is the first episode because I'm going to have a lot in the bank by then. But today's January 21st. That's how much more prepared I am to release this than I was that shit. We literally went off the cuff every every episode. Interviews we were, like, recording, like, the night before they would drop, praying that they went well. Yeah. And, And we would be doing it. Like, so a lot of these guys didn't have, like, a lot of, like, fancy technology or whatever. So we'd be, like on like the anchor app on our phones talking in my car so that the like noise was like pretty condensed or whatever i remember i would go in one car and you'd go in the other so that there wasn't any feedback like we were like eh and it got to the point where we didn't even really write scripts like we we wrote the first two episodes i think we scripted it a little bit like had like an outline yeah and then literally after that we're like well we kind of have a pretty good rapport Might, might as well just do this off the cuff every single time yeah, I mean, we got really good at it. We're, yeah. We work very well together. I mean, obviously, if you guys have been listening to this episode for the last 37 minutes, you can tell that we can have a conversation for a long time and uh, keep it pretty interesting. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we we played the community. And I think that it's one of the best business models. It, it certainly helped me get my job up to this point because I, I actually wrote about uh, – Sling and plastic in my cover letter. I was like, there was a point in my life where I was able to flip turn a community upside down and make yeah. them follow me. I was looking at the account the other day, but we had lost like 300 followers on there. So we were yeah. getting, so we were pushing a couple, like probably like 600 or so. I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound like a lot of followers, but holy, like that small community, that's like a ton. We haven't been active. No, we weren't active I mean, at all. I still have the account up, though. I'll check Do you it really? Now. I'll check it every now and then, but, like... I, I looked it up. up. I, I, I don't even follow it anymore. I yeah. just looked it up, and it's still active. We had a great logo. Once I redid the logo... Yeah. I mean, we did it... Not to pump my own tires here or anything, but, I mean, that was one of our... And then we had another endeavor, which uh, we had to bring up, too, was uh, the Go Nuts podcast. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh, so I think that if, <laughs> if there's one thing that we can bring out of Shelly and I's relationship is that <laughs> we love to talk to people. We love to get our voice heard, but we mixed business, enjoyment, and podcasting far too often. <laughs> yeah, that one did. All right, so that was fun, but like. Dude, that one had potential, actually. Remember how we had, like, the um, Richmond Squirrels announcers, like, getting ready to come on the show, and they were, like, messaging me about, like, being, like, great podcasters or whatever? Yeah, we got, what, three of them out? Yeah, I mean, I we only was, had, like, uh, three or four episodes. It was not very clean at all. Yeah, we, we had, didn't. We had a third. We had deer. Yeah, we had deer like, helping us we out. We kind of, so we took, we listened to Starting Nine, and that's probably the... That was probably our biggest influence for starting Go Nuts and, and Section 10 because we're, we're Sox fans. But right, like, so Section 10 was for me, and then I realized I was trying to be Jared Carabas, and it just wasn't working. Yeah. But it, then you, the, the moment that it clicked for me was when you and I were, like, trying to talk stats, and I'm like, dude, I thought I knew so much more about baseball than I actually do. <laughs> yeah, and we, we got... We had our buddy Deer. He was kind of like our our Jay Hay kid. Yeah, he's a stats guy. He He's was a, a legit stats, stats guy. guy. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. But like we were just sort of like, we couldn't really do the the slinging plastic mentality of just sort of not 
we I, couldn't bullshit our way yeah, through it. Yeah. Yeah. But Cause, and the I thing remember, was, we had people listening to Go Nuts that like were like yeah. legit like minor league baseball yeah, fans and people that, who gave a shit about what we said. And I was like, oh, we can't continue this. Yeah, but that Plus, pod, that podcast was never really meant to be like bigger than what it was yeah. richmond area no yeah. and i think that it was kind of like become figureheads of this one team in richmond get people to start recognizing us at games and get free tickets yeah that was really a scheme <laughs> i mean really at, the, back at it. the end of the day we really just were searching for free stuff no matter which podcast it was whether it's slig and plastic <laughs> or go nuts it's like how do we get free stuff how do we get money out of this and who are we going to use do we, how do we become famous quick without really doing anything and then getting you know, free stuff, free clout, as they say. But I remember the first episode, didn't I record the intro voice? That's right. You used your big, like, announcer voice, like, welcome to the show. <laughs> I was like, I think I I think I honestly, if, if someone from Section 10 listened to it and was like, I'm pretty sure I jugged it straight from their intro. No, it was. It was, it was very similar to it. Except I think for it was fact, exactly it. Yeah, just to, like we swapped out like flying squirrels with red socks and like I don't even remember. We actually what. had the um, the flying squirrel theme song as our as our lead in song, <laughs> which, I which totally was actually totally stole off the freaking <laughs> internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if, if, if we listening... look back at all of those episodes, <laughs> the amount of music that I stole off of every single one of them is just absurd and like if this any- is obviously well before i knew like copyright laws and stuff yeah if anyone's listening we actually didn't make this this is just all it's hypothetical hypothetical stuff that we thought about doing that definitely wasn't recorded and you can't find anywhere no they can't i deleted it thank god go nuts <laughs> is completely off the airwaves i deleted everything i cleaned the f- i deleted the email i emailed gmail to delete that email so that it just wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah, that probably is for the, for the best. better. Yeah. I mean, it was, had, a, it was fun though. It, no, it was a great time, and I think it was a learning experience for us. I it really taught me not to jump into something I wasn't ready for. Because, yeah, there I was mean, literally like I think we were like, "Hey, we should do this," and then next day we're recording. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that. Went. I'm pretty sure that be, well because we were late because the season had started like the day I was like, "Hey man, we gotta start this." Because because yeah. I was still dating that girl at the time, and we were like contemplating getting season tickets at the. We, we got, like, the, instead of getting full season tickets, we had the season ticket, like, 14-game pack or whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, honestly, that was, that's probably the best deal you can get for that. It was, though. it was great. I mean, I think we spent, like, 100 bucks each and had 14 games with, like, free hot dogs at every game or something. It was unreal. It's I mean, the best place you get, like, a cheap beer, though. Oh, well, they have, the, like, $2 large beer nights or whatever there. That is dangerous. It was incredibly dangerous. I mean, there's college students every night there just freaking getting wasted and, like, chirping people like brandon crawford on the field and stuff i mean minor league baseball if whether you're a baseball fan or not anybody can enjoy a minor league baseball game oh you're yeah they're always cheap fun. food cheap beer and cheap tickets too. Cheap, cheap tickets you're right there by the action but i mean frick i remember going into we were what like three weeks out from summer probably and i was like dude how are we gonna record sling and plastic and you're like oh we'll make it work we'll make it work we'll do it over anchor or whatever and then just yeah. it fell through and it I think probably, it, was, it was for the better yeah, at this point. And, I mean, and it kind of coincided with you. And at the time, was it OTB? Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, I was still recording outside the box. I think I was recording Underground Sports Philadelphia episodes then too. Yeah, times. and that was really blowing up. And then you went on the tour. And then was, I went and on it tour. Just and impossible. It was crazy. I mean, if if we would have done that this summer, it would have just never worked. We would have been recording episodes from like two in the morning to four in the morning. Yeah, and I, we also I didn't really play a lot during the summer. No, neither sucked. did I. Like twice. It really, it there honestly, was one yeah. time though. 
I went out and I, I crushed it. Honestly, I play the best when I go long stretches in between because I just have such low expectations about right. how I'm going to play. Right, I'll go out like, like five it, days in a go. week, and then on that sixth day, I'll be like, dude, I got to shoot under par today. Like, yeah, there's no other option. Then, then you're six gets, holes in, yeah. you're two over, and you're like, oh, fuck this. I hate this sport. I never want to play again. And that was just kind of getting back to the thing where it's like, don't don't podcast about something that you love to do <laughs> because yeah. uh, it, it always ends up failing. But um, we, we brought up uh, Go Nuts podcast, obviously, in Section 10 in the Red Sox. So... I mean, one of the things that's crossed our airwaves recently, and I, I need to get your opinion on this, is the Alex Cora controversy. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Red Sox, we got in a little bit of trouble. We did. It's, sort of. So it wasn't really us, but it was. It was Cora. It was Cora in, in Houston, but allegedly, and nothing has come out yet to say that it, this isn't true at the time of this podcast. Yeah. Something can change, obviously. but So the Red Sox haven't really... They weren't doing what the Astros were doing where they were banging on the trash cans and allegedly using buzzers, but they were decoding signs in the replay room right? See, and, then and giving it out. But, like, I'm pretty sure if you go through every single major league organization, excluding the Astros because they took it to a whole other level, everybody's doing that. Right, and that's, like, kind of where I'm getting at is, I mean, let's take it back to the Red Sox alone. What they did is not illegal in my opinion. No, I, I, I think, think it's games. I, I think that that is baseball. You're taught from freaking Little League when you're 10 years old or whatever, to steal signs. You're learning the other team's signs. You're trying to tell people things from second base. I mean, that is baseball. And if the Red Sox were just using this little bit of technology that literally every team has in their clubhouse to gain an advantage and transfer signs from second base, shit, there's nothing wrong with that. That's baseball, man. However, when you steep to like an Astros level, that is, dude, can you, so I was having this conversation with someone else. Is there any other sport where you could cheat like that? Maybe football. Um, I guess if you can figure out the other team's well, play or whatever and yeah, and that was somehow. actually what the Patriots got caught up in. I guess about ten years ago now, but they were filming the the sidelines right to get mm-hmm. the the play calls. Or right, like, you could hack the radio wave if you're really well. That was that was. But they cut off the, the probably stuff like 2010. At yeah, they cut yeah. off the. I think. Right, so now it's like a CV line that goes directly from your team to the other team, and there's no way of hacking it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Back, I guess that was all controlled by the stadium before. Yeah. So anytime they went into Gillette, and, you know, I'm a diehard Patriots fan. I'm not afraid to admit it. Cheaters cheat. We win. We win a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just where I'm at. Yeah, but uh, with the core getting fired, I mean, that I didn't want to believe it, like that was going to happen, but in the back of my head, I kind of knew, like once his name was like, getting thrown around as he was the dude, the mastermind, the architect behind it. I was like, all right, there's no way in a good conscience that I could keep him as the manager. Although, love the guy. Great guy, well-spoken, does a lot for the communities in Boston, Puerto Rico. Stand-up guy, but yeah, you just can't keep him when he's got that cloud over him. And, and that would have been a storyline, no matter how good, how bad the Red Sox have been. Yeah, or going to be or like we win the World Series next year, and then that's all anybody and everybody can freaking talk about is just this scandal or whatever that looms over Alex Cora's head. But I mean, as long as we, I I've been saying this for since it came out that they were banging on trash cans, or actually I've been saying it since the buzzer thing. So like it's a legend or whatever that like Alex Bregman and uh, Jose Altuve have like wires in their shoulders or some yeah, shit that that's... tells them what, what pitch is coming. Like it. it buzzes like one buzz is a fastball two is a breaking ball or whatever i find that one hard to believe just because it's dude i believe the shit out of that i find it hard to believe because there's not enough time in between when the sign is given to when it's thrown dude if you have a live feed 
if you're you're not looking you're not watching the broadcast with a delay but you have a live feed from center field you can figure that shit out yeah that dude i believe the shit out of that i also would rather and i've seen pictures like in the mlb tweet this i would rather pitch to someone on steroids yeah like juiced up barry bonds in his fucking prime than pitch to a guy who knows what pitch is coming yeah no 100 percent agree with that that last point i just it's like lacrosse if a goalie knew where the ball was going to be shot his save percentage would skyrocket. Oh, yeah, it'd be 100%. Well, eh, no, maybe. I don't think anything would be 100%. I mean, you still, you could know a fastball or curveball is coming. You still got to hit it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that's my argument for, like, today we find out about the Hall of Fame ballot for the MLB. It's like, does Barry Bonds go in? Sure, he took steroids, but he still had to go out there and perform. And it's not like the steroids too. fucking hit the ball out of the park. It's him with his ginormous, like, whatever range of hand-eye coordination that it takes to be able to hit a 98-mile-per-hour fastball 400 feet. Yeah, so you got... I mean, the physical ability was already there for Barry, but, like... I think that when you get to a certain point in your career and a certain amount of success, that there's nothing that'll stop you from gaining that next level of success. And that's just what he got caught up in. And I think that's so many guys... I mean, you can't tell me Mike Trout's not doing steroids. Look at that guy's neck. Any catcher in the MLB, they get beat the hell up behind home plate. They're all doing steroids. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the worst kept secret in baseball that Trout's on the HGH. Yeah. But... But they're not going to catch him. He's the best player in the game, and he's a freaking ton of fun to watch. Well, I think he's got, like, a, um, a weird out with that because of, like, a thyroid problem or something. I mean, I I'm idea, not, I don't know the, the full scope of it, but uh, but yeah, but back to Barry Bonds and now being so far removed from when it was such a, I mean, still a hot topic to talk about in baseball circles, but like when it was when steroids were really like not really well known and like the amount of people that were doing it, like yeah, there was like that that negative light on him, but like it's coming out more and more every day that everybody was doing them. Right, and I mean, you had to... They didn't give a shit if someone with no name was using... Like, a guy like Julio Lugo on the Red Sox. Julio Lugo was on steroids. It's yeah. been, like, confirmed or whatever. Yeah. But nobody gives a shit Freaking if... Huli- like, 140-pound Julio Lugo's using steroids. I mean, it's it's really... It comes down to a kind of, like, ethical question, and that's kind of what I wanted to get into here, is, like, what is more right? Like, there's no right in this situation. You're using a buzzer to cheat, but you're also using the steroid to cheat. I mean, it it really depends on the sport, I guess. Baseball always has cheating. Like, that's just always... That's been the... It's the name of the game. Oh, yeah. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Right. I mean, the, the thing about the steroids that makes it not as bad is that it, it's just one guy's decision to do this because he knows that it will make him better. He'll end up getting more money because of it. Like, it, it's a taking steroids for professional athletes is a business decision. Like, right. you know you're, the risks. Well, you're betting on yourself. You're yeah. betting on yourself that you'll be able to pass that test, and then you're also going to be able to, like, bolster these numbers that you're putting up. I mean, shit, you can't tell me, like, Bryce Harper's not doing something. Yeah. To, well, no, actually, it had come out. And this is an interesting one, is that... Um, he was taking Adderall for going to the gym to be able to focus longer in the gym. And I mean, that's yeah, it's the same concept as performance enhancing drug. So I mean, I mean, you're enhancing your performance in the gym. I don't know how much you're enhancing the muscles well, per se. Yeah. But if you can lift longer, harder, right, if you have yeah. the audacity or not audacity, but the gumption to go to the gym now twice a day, lift twice a day, run twice a day, 
hit twice a day, throw twice a day, whatever you're doing to get ready for the spring training season, like, fuck. I mean, yeah, sure, it's performance-enhancing as hell. Yeah, 100%. But, like, I don't think Barry gets in until maybe his last year on the bout, and if he doesn't, he'll eventually – Eventually, once once the old head baseball writers and stuff uh, move on – and it's these the new age analytic based guys, which you're starting right. to see now. Is All starting over the place. To, I mean, Larry Walker got in tonight because of analytics. Right, and Larry Walker was a freaking stud. Apparently, my yeah. dad was telling me about that. Yeah, he. I think he ended up with like a 75 plus WAR or the highest WAR for any Canadian born baseball player. Right, I saw that. Yeah, and like there was all. The baseball stat Twitter guys were just like, he needs to get in. Like, you cannot ignore... Because war is the end-all, be-all stat now. Like, I mean, I'm so excited for war to get introduced to other sports. Yeah. If, yep. Like, so I think that'll settle, like, such a great debate. Like, LeBron or Jordan, which which player has a higher war? War, for those of you who don't know, is wins above replacement. So let's say you take LeBron out of the lineup and replace him with Joe Schmo. How much more is LeBron contributing to the team than player X? And, I mean, I think that that would settle that debate very handily. Because both guys passed the eye test physically. The, right. the, the raw stats are comparable. Yeah, incredibly. They're, they're just fighting each other now for top positions at everything, pretty much. Now, here's the thing that I think is interesting is that Jordan, Jordan didn't— Jordan had really great teams, too around him LeBron, LeBron made a lot of great teams though yeah more recently LeBron's kind of figured out like hey I can't win a championship with these guys like these I guess bums for lack of a better term I need to get some some superstars with me but like he carried some really bad Cleveland Cavaliers teams yeah. by himself to the no, finals I totally agree even that like I think it was like the 14 finals was it 2014 or 2015 oh, dude i have no idea so this the- is something that i get in arguments a lot about is like i'm not an nba guy like i could care less about the freaking nba i love college basketball like oh yeah i could watch college basketball every night of the week but the nba is they're too they're too good for me i mean it's like i don't enjoy watching strictly offensive basketball i love a good full court press like oh, yeah the, the uva teams of late you know that's uva has been really bad this year this year they're awful but last year when they won the natty i mean that was that was exciting. That was a great run. You're, big UVA fan you're a big here. UVA guy, so that's kind of why I brought it up. Back to the discussion about LeBron, because I can talk about LeBron all day. LeBron James. It's actually been really cool growing up in the LeBron James era, because we've kind of been here from the beginning. So, like, our parents got Jordan. Right. We get LeBron. And they had Scottie Pippen, though. Like, yeah, Scottie Pippen was. Or, like, my pops always talks about, like, Larry Bird versus oh, yeah. Larry um, Bird. Dr. J. Oh my God! That those are the rivalries that I wish we had. Well, we kind of had it for a second there with LeBron versus the Warriors. It wasn't really like a one-on-one because I honestly, Steph Curry, like great, great shooter. He's not an all-time great, and I don't think anyone expects him to be an all-time great. He's one of those people think- we'll tell our kids about, but not someone that is. Just like, oh my God, you had to see Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry hit some crazy ass threes. Oh yeah, but he's not someone that's like. I think a guy now in the NBA that we would, in a, in a Magic versus Larry type debate, would be Kevin Durant versus LeBron. Because mm-hmm. both of them hit their peaks at about the same time. Katie's still like hurt, though. Hasn't he been hurt for like a really long time? Yeah, he, he blew out the Achilles last year in the finals, and he's rehabbing that back. But I don't know if he'll ever be quite the same. I think he'll still be effective. But like when we're looking back on it, it'll be the same. Like, you remember when 
when KD did this and LeBron did that. Well, it's like AI almost. I would yeah. compare AI and KD more than I would KD and LeBron. AI, my whole childhood is Allen Iverson. Anything and everything. AI, I had Kobe. I had like right AI and Kobe, and I had like four or five AI jerseys because I, I mean, right living right outside of Philadelphia, I loved the guy. He was unreal best play, basketball player on the face of the earth at the time he was, i would make that argument any day of the week cared about basketball i know i well imagine imagine if he went and tried to bow jackson it and play multiple sports because yeah. he could yeah so he, funny story he was the most athletic guy on the face of the earth yeah, pound so, for pound most athletic so um funny story i'm gonna tell a story if you can figure out my high school from this story good more power for you um so ai from virginia played football obviously and basketball but in football, his senior year, he made the state championship game, and the opposing team was my high school. And he went for like an absurd amount of passing yards because he played quarterback and scored a touchdown literally any way you could think of. He, I believe, took the opening kick back for a touchdown, had a punt return touchdown, pick six, a uh, he threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and yeah, they they mollywopped us. I mean, that's kind of yeah. what's expected when Allen Iverson's on the other team. I mean, shit, imagine going, imagine playing against uh, Bo Jackson. I almost said Aaron Hernandez because I just finished up that documentary. That was such a good documentary. It was such a good documentary. So do you but, think, so So did you hear about that? With whether the he was gay or not? Well, no, that's been confirmed, I think. He's def- he was definitely gay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a combination of the gay thing and the CTE thing. Yeah. But, but the so on the discussion about his sexuality, so the guy that said that he was, that, that they he were was having a, a relations affair, yeah, like in, a, in jail. No, not in jail. In high school, in middle oh, school. Oh, high oh, school. the guy um, with the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that guy didn't play quarterback at the high school. He didn't. No, he. I think he. I. I think he went there, but he was not the quarterback. So this was confirmed, like through a reporter, or whatever. Recently, yeah, so like think, his teammates were like, "Dude, this guy is lying out his freaking ass right now." Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, I went to the high school. He didn't play quarterback. Like Shit. that. That was coming out a lot." He was on the team. He might he might have played quarterback at some point, but he was not his quarterback. He was like the third stringer. I he think, was really just on the team to be with Aaron. Yeah, yeah, I think that was... I mean, I really I don't want to disrespect him or his life at all because at the end of the day, he is a dead man who had a lot of mental health issues. Yeah, but, there's a lot of stuff that was wrong in his head. Right, and I think that so much of that is CTE. I mean, it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, speaking of CTE, I mean, Antonio Brown. I know. Antonio Brown, apparently there was, like, cops at his house today. Yeah. Did you he, see that? Yeah, he got he's getting arrested for, like, a battery or something. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's insane. I mean, the thing about the NFL is, and I love football just as much as the next person. I love a good college game day. I love the NFL. I love watching it. I love the camaraderie that comes with it. But there just has got to be a way to make it safer, man. The brain injuries that are coming out of it anymore and the amount of trauma. Because kids aren't just playing in the NFL. They, you start when you're 8 years old. And yeah. you're taking hits to your head from 8 years on until you're 32. Well, they got us. You'll never be able to get rid of the contact in football without getting rid of the game itself. Right. I mean, so, I don't want the NFL to turn into flag football. That's, no, that would be boring. I think that's something closer to, like, the way people hit in rugby. You rarely hear about concussions in rugby. you got to hit with the shoulder. but Right. You hit with your shoulder, and it's more close contact wrap than – and I think the you'd score a lot more points that way. I mean, people would break hits so much easier. Well, yeah, now you can barely touch 
defenseless receivers, whereas back in the day, you You'd were if you jumped, over. you better hope you didn't get killed or yeah. like yeah. I mean, it was kind of like that play in the Clemson LSU game when the one dude got trucked in the middle of the field. Yeah, like that. I was shocked there wasn't a flag on that call. To be honest with you. Yeah, that guy was uh, pretty shaken up, but I don't think it was a head injury. I think no, was, no, no, it was like his vertebrae or something. His yeah. whole back basically, his head like flexed down to his feet almost. That was insane. Yeah, he got folded like a lawn chair, but. Yeah, that was a good analogy. So sad to see what's happening to that, that guy. Like, yeah, I, I know. I, I, Antonio, he's he's one of the best to do the freaking thing. I yeah, mean, and he literally—it's all created by him, man. It was just—it wasn't anybody else but himself that brought him down. And you could also make the argument that it was also the Madden curse. Very real. Was he on Madden 2017? 2018? 2019. Was he really? 2019. 2019. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Was he still in, like, a Steelers uniform at the time? Yes, they had the Steelers uniform. And um, so I saw something on Twitter. That well, I mean, said, I read about the Madden curse all the time. Yeah. That's so, a fascinating one. So Mahomes was on 2020. and <laughs> Wait, he didn't get hurt this year, though. Knock on wood. Oh, shoot, he still got the Super Bowl now. Yeah. By so, the time this episode drops, the Super Bowl will have happened. Yeah, so maybe something so will happen. So I but... guess everybody will know what what's going on yeah so i saw something on twitter that said that um the the madden curse hit antonio brown so hard that it skipped patrick mahomes oh geez that's kind of messed up man but it's kind of true it's kind of funny i mean sure that's what happened because antonio brown's still he's going to be dealing with this for a long time i mean you off we often hear about like celebrities and stuff and with the day and age where we take in so much content there's only so much you can keep in mind and talk about regularly but antonio brown's going to be in the news for a long time no matter what he does now something's gonna be attached to his name because he's the kind of person whether it's good or bad yeah he's just the kind of person that likes to see his name out there good bad whatever he just loves to see his name in the headlines well i mean i just don't understand why we don't have a documentary yet about like that original raiders just breakup like we got those youtube videos of him with the recordings of that was oh my goodness oh dude that was some of the best content put out this year though That's, if, yeah if, if there was content like, if there was a content awards like other than the youtube awards that would be right up there oh yeah he gives you stuff to talk about oh yeah and, and it's i mean it, from a viewer standpoint I'm here for it. Like, as sad as it is to watch someone basically ruin their lives in front of you, like, every day, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, I mean, it, it captures your attention. It pisses people off, and it gets people going. I mean, that's kind of like when we – so I'm obviously in the social media business now. Crazy. My sophomore year of high school, I wrote a book about not being on social media. Now I'm here. Yeah. But we always – we just talk about engagement. It's like, dude, I don't care if someone – like, I could have 27 people write shitty comments about my video, but that's 27 people commenting about something. It's generating conversation. It's getting people engaged. So whether you like it or not – I mean, this is the thing. People don't understand this. Your negative comment – is only helping spread people's video yeah. or your that video that you don't like to more people. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's um, yeah, I think that that's the funniest up. thing about like social media and engagement rates. Yeah, no, I saw something today. So the the girl that goes around campuses with oh, the guns, with gun. yeah, yeah, someone made a comment like, you know, like by saying like you're an idiot by doing this, it's you're just, just promoting. You're literally yeah. giving her money to live her life like she can keep you're enabling her to do that if you don't like it you're still enabling her just don't watch it if you don't want to see it you know like 
But you know, yeah, that 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 girl's made a lot of money. She's making a ton of money and she's famous. I mean, shit. If I just had to walk around with a gun, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm so against gun use and gun yeah. anything, dude. I mean, I mean, now that we're on the topic, I mean, yesterday was Richmond. Yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked. I, I'm happy, happily shocked that nothing bad happened. I think I think the um. Yeah, that could have gotten really ugly. Could, dude, so the night before, I'm coming home from Philadelphia because I spent the weekend up there doing lacrosse stuff. I'm driving on 95. We're like 10 miles out from campus here, and there was a trailer I drove past with like swastikas just painted all over. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what? It just is terrifying for somebody who I don't really do religion. Uh, I'll be honest about that. I don't really. But my I have a mother who's Jewish, and it, it's terrifying. I To imagine what life was like where swastikas were like a regular thing to see is just absolutely terrifying to me because that that literally sent shivers down my spine and that's something i never wanted to see again and it was at that moment where i was like dude richmond is going to get ugly yeah and it's a really they really didn't want to have a repeat charlottesville no and i was terrified about that because charlottesville was awful i mean and that wasn't even supposed to get off that was supposed to be pretty low key, and it ended right. up being a ended very. Up being, I mean, a, a girl died. Dude, that was a turning point of 2017 yeah. or 18, whatever year it was. I mean, you and I were at the Charlottesville Unity concert. We were there. Yeah, that for, was a, hey free concert. We had to go see that. Dude, we got. I was talking to someone about this the other day. One of the best concerts I've seen. Fish 72 times. I've seen Dead and Company like 30 something. I I've been to my fair share of concerts, and I've seen it all. That was the most moving concert. I Stevie Wonder comes out on stage, and just and after Dave Matthews is talking about peace, I started crying, dude. Stevie Wonder's out there like, if I could see, I would just want to see unity between everybody out here. I don't care about the color of your skin. I'm like, fuck, man, this man is touching my soul. So that was that was something else. That was amazing. So the asshole me is about to come out here. Stevie Wonder could see. No, are you one of those people who believes that? He can see. Are you really? Yes. What What makes you say that? So, I've never seen him live, and I really yes, you have. No, I mean before that. Oh. And I didn't really watch a lot of videos, but like, you know, I was like, whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Stevie Wonder could see, but horse shit. How did he know where that piano was when he walked to it? That's Dude, what... somebody walked him out there. No, he was by himself. He just walked right up to it and started playing Superstitious. Great song, by the way. And that song live with the uh, Dave Matthews band kicked ass. Yeah, that was great. That song Dude, hey, I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure somebody walked him out to the stage. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to put it on the front like when you're walking out there. But then he walked up to the piano. That was like a good like six feet away, dude. I gotta I gotta disagree with this one. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy theories I can get into. You want to talk about Michael Jackson being alive? That man is still alive, and I oh, believe 100%. that like one million will go to my grave about that. But Stevie Wonder can't see, man. Maybe he, not now, dude. It, that would have been proved. That would have been something that came out probably 45 years ago. No, I mean, but he's such a great musician, and in all seriousness, that that was probably. Yeah, that was the best concert, and honestly, one of my favorite acts of it. I didn't think I was gonna be Justin Timberlake. Yes, are you Justin Timberlake? Dude, I was literally about to say that. I walked out of there, and I was like, so I had remembered one of my best friends, Mike, and he'll be on this show at some point. Um, he was like, dude, I just saw. He was telling me like weeks before, I just saw Justin Timberlake for like the fifth time. He's the best concert I've ever seen. I'm like, dude, that's so just out there. Like I don't even have terms for like i just have no interest in seeing it's justin just not timberlake. something you would hear like a, a right, college not, age guy saying right i'm not going out of my way to see justin timberlake let me tell you 
he changed my mind in 47 seconds. Oh, he could put on night. a show. He was a showman better than anyone I have ever seen in my life. And obviously, like, I like jam bands and I like mystery or whatever. But that was the most orchestrated and just put together performance ever. I mean, it was rocking. Everyone was dancing. I had a great time. Because I mean, he just came out with that song. Ah, I'm not a very big Timberlake fan, but, like, it was the Dance Dance song. Dude, you know I can't even remember. No. I haven't listened to Justin Timberlake probably since that night. Yeah, I'll be but honest. Like, I, he, he, I guess he had just come out with it, and he played it, and oh my goodness. Yeah, dude, he was another rocking. Good, another really good one that kind of went under the rug was Chris Stapleton. And I'm not a big country music fan by any means, but he is a solid musician. Yeah, he's great. I, I actually listen to him once in a while. I really don't like country music either, but geez, yeah, he he was slapping on guitar that night. My, my Let t- me tell you what I never need to see again is Ariana Grande. Well, I could see her. Well, I could see her. Yeah, don't get me wrong. She's beautiful. But, like, her music, god awful. Did you know that Mac Miller was actually there? Yeah. Don't you remember their sound check? Yeah. Because we got, we got one, in there super early. That one hurt, man. Mac oh, dying. Oh, I know, like, man. And then his album came out the other night. I, I'm not listening to it yet. I listened to I'll it. I'll probably have listened to it by the point when this comes out. But, like, I, I started listening to the first song. And like, dude, I can't do this right now. Like, I know I'm going to get, like, in my feels. Yeah, dude, it was such a good album. It was great. It, I, I didn't cry or anything. I, I never really had, like, that emotional connection to Mac Miller that everyone had. Like, I obviously, what was the one, um, Blue Playground? Or oh, Blue Slide Park. Blue Man, Slide that Park. Was, that song came out when we were in, like, probably early middle school. That that was, like, eighth grade, I want to say. Yeah, seventh so or I eighth was in grade. Seventh, seventh grade. Then, right. Yeah, so, oh, my goodness, man. But, but that, it's that song and Foster the People's first album that just bring me back to that point in my life, like cruising around. This is back when me and my buddies would ride our bikes around town. Oh, yeah. So like we'd be cruising around listening to these songs, and that's what it brought me back to. So I never really had that like deep emotional connection with Mac Miller that a lot of Fizz fans did because his music is really touching and it's great. But I had enough of a connection to be like, dude, this is like a beautiful album that they're releasing. Cool. What was cool about Mac Miller and a lot of guys, you see this sometimes, but, like, with him especially, like, he grew up. Like, the stuff he was coming out initially, like, with kids and Blue Side Park and then coming out with, with swimming in circles at the end. Like, oh, yeah. And everything in between the Divine, uh, was it Divine Feminine? I'm not sure. Uh, but with the, yeah. Like, I can look it up. Dude, his, like, I, when, if you told me when I was in seventh grade, if you played the new Mac Miller stuff, and said, hey, that's Mac Miller. Like, that's what he's going to end up being. I said, no way. I know. It's really changed. But, oh, man. Uh, music is just such a great thing. And I like, especially as I've gotten older, I don't try. Like, obviously, I don't really listen to certain types of music because that's just not my, my style. But if, if if I listen to something, I'm like, wow, I really enjoy this. I have an open mind. Yeah, oh, me too. And that's what's I, so and this, great about this it. This has changed so much recently. Wait, which album were you? The Divine Feminine? Yeah, I believe it was the mm-hmm. one with Ariana Grande. Yeah, that was a great album. Yeah. But, um, no, this is that's great. I'm moving into this. I mean, so growing up, my parents, they're hippies. Yeah, I'll tell it as it is. My dad was went to a fish show five hours after I was born or something. Jeez. And so down like Hampton, I was born in New Jersey. He's down in Hampton, Virginia. <laughs> ripping bong with his buddies in the parking lot probably (laughs) (laughs) but um so i'm raised in this like hippie household listening to fish and i I honestly feel so spoiled about this because fish is such a great show and they have a great time at what they do and so i judge every other concert because i'm like oh they're probably lip sync or some bullshit like that you knew what they were going to play before we came to the show but ever since probably like 
maybe two years ago or something. I was at a music festival and I was like, dude, I got to be more open minded to this stuff because there's some great tunes out there. I mean, like I've been recently listening to a mixture of like Tame Impala and um, what's the other band that I've been listening to a lot that um, I just can't even think about is. um, uh, Well, I listen to a lot of Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. They're great. Oh, it's they do that loving is easy song oxford commer no that's the vampire weekend song they're called uh oh, dude i'm just gonna have to look this you're up you're getting man. way too deep for me there uh i've been getting really into europe lately oh um, europe is great uh, i watched hot rod and i was like hold on looked at the uh rex orange county is what i was looking for oh, nice nice yeah yeah I, I looked through the album i was like damn europe kicks ass Dude, you know who I started listening to the other day, too, that kicks ass? And, I mean, this is an oldie, but a goodie. is Chicago. Oh, man. Oh, the they horns. Some, they made some great music. The horns are great. And mu- music is such a great way of communication, especially in this world that we live in where people really don't know how to communicate some, at times. Especially I mean, the old stuff, too. I know. I mean, I everyone makes fun of me because I only listen to old stuff. But, like... That is just the stuff that I gravitate to, man. Chicago. I was listening to a little James Taylor the other day. Oh, uh, yeah. dude. I Carolina mean, on my mind. A little Great bit. Carol King. It's for especially when it comes to like the new stuff, where like a lot of it's pretty superficial, especially with the rapping and whatnot. If you can, if you can get like listen to the lyrics and like if the guy is saying something that like you can kind of like sit back and say, wow, all right, he's actually like got a something to say like dude and yeah i'm like i'll listen to it like you and know then, and from a musical standpoint if the you know if i like the the actual music part of it yeah i'll listen yeah you gotta listen to this guy um mike turned me on to him anderson or anderson pock oh dude yeah 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 he showed me his tiny you know the like um npr tiny desks yeah those are amazing those are really good they're amazing while i think Wale finally had his first one yeah so he showed me his Holy shit! I've been listening to this Anderson Pock guy now for weeks, but I also I've gotten the Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, yeah, he's he's changed a lot, dude. People hated his new album. I loved it. I thought it was great. Chance was never my speed. Like that wasn't something I got my way to. But I re- like he's I, good. I remember back in high school. So I went to boarding school in Princeton, and um, my roommate was super into Chance the Rapper, and he was telling. This was back during like acid rap days, and acid every, rap was a great album. Every morning we would wake up album? to uh, huh mixtape album because he never really sold it at that point. But it was on SoundCloud. So yeah, like I think it still is. It is no, it definitely is because I listened to it the other day when my uh, apps weren't working since I got a new phone. But um. We were so we every morning we'd wake up to that song Baby Blue, you know the one that's <laughs> like um, I hope that there's a razor blade in your cup and you cut your tongue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope that every soda you drank is already shaken up. <laughs> it's a pretty funny tune, but um, no, that was a great one. And uh, you know, music is something that we also kind of connected with oh, from yeah. the beginning, dude. We have had such one of the most interesting relationships that I have at school i mean college has been a whirlwind for me i don't know what can you you. say i'm an enigma yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) the kid from virginia and the kid from new jersey coming together to talk on podcasts all the time and really just shake up the uh the disc golf atmosphere this was quite a script we didn't write for this no i didn't i don't (laughs) the thing about this show is that i don't really want any of these episodes to be no and that's what makes a show like this so good it's just organic yeah everything is just like sort of it just flows. The thing that I need to work on, and this is something that I obviously noticed during this episode, is just letting people talk. I obviously try and talk a lot because I'm a 
I'm a talker. I'm a, I'm a bit of. Oh yeah, no, but I mean, just that's just who you are. Yeah. Yes, and you understand that. But when I get someone, someone in here who's not like you or understands me as well, and I get someone random from the streets, and they're like, "Why are you talking over me, buddy?" But uh, you gotta no. put one of the um, uh, cafeteria workers or dining hall workers in here for this. There's some great ones. There would dude. be some great stories from them. I I, I really want to get the most deep. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Obviously, generating engagement. I want to get some deep stories in here people who have struggled with drug addiction people who have other addictions people who struggle on a daily basis to make ends meet because they're taking care of kids or something and that's the type of stuff that i want to get going i mean oh yeah there's too many people out there with stories to tell but just no platform to tell them and obviously you've heard that in the trailer but i think that one of the nicest things is i went on tour this summer and i was able to start building my own brand and i have people that now follow me and respect me and i don't mean to say this in like a blow pumping my own tires type way and not to plug any merch but oh i mean i'm wearing my own merch right now yeah by the time this episode's out the toques will be out too so look out for those because they're gonna be tough um but no it's just i've i was able to develop a platform through outside the box and i'm thankful for outside the box i really am whether whether it's the cleanest breakup of people or whatever or not Sure, that's to be discussed. But it really just sort of happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, it was probably the, time. The thing is, and, and you and I understand this almost better than anybody. I, I mean, there was times where we got on each other's nerves last year while like recording something oh, plastic yeah. and stuff. And it's like when you have two creatives in one space, there's bound to be arguments, there's bound to be fighting, and you're eventually going to end up going your separate ways. It's why bands fight. It's why oh, yeah. anybody on any movie set gets in fights. It's because, and sometimes those fights just lead to you recognizing that. You need to go your separate ways. And I think that because I was able to develop a platform on there and you guys now recognize my voice and the different integer, no, integers is definitely not the right word there, the different inflections, I guess, in the way I speak, it's just, it's a a nice thing because now I can give other people a platform to come on here and talk. And, I mean, guys like yourself, I mean, shit, like, you're you're not getting out and posting on instagram every day or mm-hmm. running a company or anything but you have all these cool ass stories that i wanted to talk about and we got into it i mean shit there's still so many stories on the table yeah we haven't even really we've, we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes and we haven't even talked about your damn haircut yet oh man. you came in here all and you right, said yeah. the first thing you wanted to talk about was the haircut that yeah you got. all right i guess and we get into that yeah i mean why don't yeah let's go for another 10 minutes wrap it up with the haircut story all right and uh, make this a clean hour and a half It'll probably end up being two hours or so. I, I want to keep it around two hours of like an hour and a half interview, maybe a half hour of me talking. Yeah, that's Just actually not bad. ranting with people. And yeah. Ranting about like what's going on in the world. Like I'm I'm saving this rant I have about the L.A. Dodgers city council or the city council of L.A. trying to um, take away the Red Sox uh, and Astros World Series and give it to the Dodgers. <laughs> but uh for those of you who aren't able to see what's going on, Shelly came in here with a clean haircut. He's basically bald. Yeah, I'm but, bald. But uh, I need to hear the story. You said it's a hoot, so I'm going to let you speak. All right. So let's let's just take it back a little bit. Uh, probably about four months ago. Because I go pretty long time in between haircuts because that's just kind of how I roll. I probably won't get another haircut until like June because this is a pretty good one I got right now. So I went to Great Clips. And, Herm, you can attest to this. Great Clips sucks. Great Clips is not ever the move. There's a reason I've gone to the same woman to cut my hair since I was, like, a baby. Oh, man. It was so hard going to college and trying to find someone to cut my hair. 
and it got to the point where I just would not go to great clips, but I just needed to get a haircut because it was getting too long, and it, at the time, it was really hot, and it, uh, I just went there. I just caved. I went, got it. It looked good enough when I walked out of there, but, like, that's half of the haircut. It's how it grows back that's as important as when you walk out of there, especially for me where I don't get haircuts all the time. I want it to come back. And look, still look good as it grows in. No, I looked horrible. You can be honest though. The girlfriend made you cut the hair. Yeah, she made me cut the first haircut <laughs> style I had, which was absolutely. It was electric. a mullet. It was it was great. <sighs> I wish I had the mullet still, but it was like you know, postseason Minnesota hockey tournament mullet too. It was wonderful. Oh, with I had a mustache to go with it, man. It was it was something else. But anyway. I looked like Butters, like um, if the top of my head looked like Butters from South Park, it was just like a big poof ball. It looked awful, and like the sideburns weren't growing in all right. The the back, I had like a rat tail thing going on. The bangs weren't even. I was like, all right, calendar's about to flip, decades about to flip. I'm shaving it. So I get this recommendation for a barber shop, right? It's just in a barn, like it's literally a barn, and I was like, what? the fuck am i getting myself into so i walk in there right two asian ladies sitting there cutting the hair they can't speak a lick of english literally literally are <laughs> wait, from... wait wait i think i went to this place yes <laughs> yeah you know what i'm talking, <laughs> know about. What you're talking about yeah and it's like every old dude in this entire town is in there waiting to get a haircut and i'm like screw it i'm not gonna leave and come back i'm here might as well just do it and one of the guys at the uh, chair was like, he thought it was Senior Citizens Day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> and he was pissed. That's but, like going into the tattoo parlor, but, seeing that your tattoo artist is blind and being like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I kidding myself into? This is where old people get their haircuts. Like, this isn't good. Like, whatever. Like, I'm here. Might as well just get it done. And the lady wasn't speaking she like literally was like pointed at the board oh you have to give her the number between like one and 15 yeah, yeah. pointed at the board i was like i'll take fade number four yeah and <laughs> great haircut they're like it's all lined up and everything like man like i'm going back it was a pretty good price too but yeah i'm bald now and i'm kind of scared because i noticed that the hairlines were receding a little bit too about to be really bald, dude. I noticed that too. It's why I only wear hats now, and I let yeah. it. I, I'm gonna let it rage just until I'm completely gone. Yeah, I, my dad's like he's super light on the on the hair, so I'm kind of worried that I'm gonna hit it around like the age like 30, where I'm just like not. Well, bald's in right now. Is it? Well, it's like not porn star bald, <laughs> like Joe Rogan porn star bald. I mean, yeah. No, that's not for me, man. I mean, if I go bald, I'm going bald with dignity. Yeah, I mean, you got to own it. There's no other... My, I mean, my dad's bald, and I look pretty similar Does he to shave him. it every day? Yeah, he shaves it. So, like... Dude, I don't have the gumption for that. But, I'm I mean, gonna be, I'm gonna be the guy who's bald on top, but, like, has flow just long enough to, like, wear a hat, so nobody thinks I'm bald, but, like, there's <laughs> flow coming out the back. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I, I know a lot of guys who have, uh, there's one guy in particular, I love him to death, he's one, he's a beauty, but he's he's got that situation going. Oh, yeah, but, but I... I I got a pretty good idea what I would look like bald, and I'm okay with it. So once once you can grow the beard, maybe. yeah, I can't grow a beard. It's kind of a it's 
kind of been bugging me for years, but at this point, mustache. Mustache. I would look question. like a straight porn star if I shaved my head. You really would. Bald with a mustache. You're basically Johnny Rocket or whatever. I don't even know any real like guy porn stars' names. Two Tone Malone. <laughs> is, is that like a black and a white guy? Does he have like a two colored dick? Uh, I actually think he does have a two colored dick. I just heard it the other day on a podcast. Oh jeez. I mean, I'm not, we're, I, we're not listening to the same shows, but uh, it was like a um someone wrote in. have you heard of two-tone malone no he was like it was like uh my boyfriend's obsessed with this two-tone malone guy (laughs) like he only watches videos with him in it oh my god that's amazing i was watching um the barstool scenes the other day yeah it was um, actually pmt oh was it yeah i was watching scenes the other day and um Lisa Ann was on the show, oh, and there was, like, a rat in the office or something. I mean, it has nothing to do with porn or Two-Tone Malone or anything, but just coincidental that Barstool has all of these porn stars just oh, yeah. interrupting their shows and such. Bruins just beat the Knights. Let's go. Oh, that's right. You became a Bruins fan recently. Yeah, man. Big, big hockey guy, eh? Yeah. You're getting into it. You're following the league. Yeah, man. What is good with the Bruins not being able to make PKs, man? Dude, first of all, Brad Marchand just completely missing the puck the other night. That was a joke. But it's not even that. It's Well, first of all, what's his name? Um, Tuka goes down with the head injury, so he's he's out for a few weeks. And Yaroslav Halak looks like freaking the Yaroslav Halak we thought we were getting, not the one that's a freaking stud when we don't need him to be a stud. But he's like letting in like six muffins a night and just leaving us out to dry i mean the flyers shouldn't even be skating on the same ice as us they're an absolute joke and they don't deserve to even have the recognition of beating the bruins and they do it on the fact that brad marchand misses the puck that was such a joke dude don't even get me started on that but then we we bounced back pretty well i mean we took down vegas tonight who do we beat right after that win i think it was uh was the caps no, I think the Caps beat us. No, Pittsburgh. We t- Pittsburgh. Oh, no. No, we freaking lost to Pittsburgh because they came back in the third period. That's right. I live with a Caps fan. They're Dude, pa- Caps fans are a whole nother type of annoying. Like, I hate Yankees fans. I hate them. And they, like, today Derek Jeter gets into the Hall of Fame, and I'm like, I muted everyone who's a Yankees fan. I can't stand that bullshit. But Jeter. Caps fans are just as bad, dude. With Ovi, but you know I love Ovi. I love a, Ovi. Ovi's a great player, though. You can't. He's hate unreal. Ovi. I can't hate Ovi, but I can hate Caps fans. Not yeah. hate. Hate's a strong term. I can't hate the Caps because my roommate and, and my best friend die hard. I just sort of have to deal with it. I'm also yeah. not deep in the hockey yet. It's no, my first. That's true. It's this my is first, your season. first season into it. I mean, when am I gonna get said roommate on on the podcast? Is was he willing to come on? You think? I think soon. Yeah, you yeah. think he's willing to tell some stories? Oh, man, he's got some stories. He's got some great stories. This is the thing. He's such a quiet kid, and that's the toughest thing about what, what I'm doing here is that so many people have these great stories but are, like, quiet people. They're afraid to tell them. But I think that he's going to – when he gets on here, I'll forget about it. Yeah, I think – We're going to open him right up like a freaking <laughs> daffodil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be an electric interview. Oh, I know. It's going to be great. We're going to go for three hours with him. Uh, I mean, you and I have had enough episodes put out into the public now that we only need to do the standard hour and a half. Him, three hours. Straight His up. would be a special. It, it, it will be a spe- It might be a two-parter. He's been known around some circles as the king of DC, just to give you an idea. Yeah. Like he, this he, guy, like, such a like, um, man of the people, underground, just does his thing, but he just... He's everywhere and nowhere at once. 
Yeah, it's the best way to describe him. He's something else. I love him. He's a beauty. But um, we're gonna get him on soon. But um, Shelly, it has been it's been a hoot, man. It's been a pleasure. We're gonna have to do this again. Oh, of course. Maybe not for a while, just because I have a lot of people that I need to get on the show. Oh yeah, no, anytime, but anytime, anytime. Uh, let's be real, it's not anytime. You're a busy man. <laughs> You're awful at communication. I am. I'm terrible. <laughs> you guys should know this took a, a few texts just to confirm that he was coming. But um, it's it's been awesome, man. I love hopping on the mics with you. The, truth be told, this is probably. I have a long list of of people I want to get on this show, but you're right up there, top five. So, oh, getting this one knocked out was an absolute hoot. I have, I, dude, I still have more than half of the list here that we didn't even go over. So we have so much to get back to. But um, thanks for coming in. That was awesome. Thank you again so much, Shelly, for coming over to the studio. That was. You know, listening back to it, it's kind of funny just to see how much the podcast can change in real time, kind of how I put out episodes each week and where episodes want to go and people who want to tell certain things about their story. But one of the funniest things was just bringing back up Sling and Plastic. That was that was such an experience in our lives. And the fact that we were able to affect so many people in in a very funny way. It was funny to us at the time. I guess it's kind of messed up now that I look back on it, but it, it was it was a hoot when while it was lasted. I think we had like 12 slaying Plastic episodes out, so if you want to go listen, feel free to go listen to the best disc golf on the planet, Slingin' Plastic, brought to you by Herman Shelley. Um, no, that was great. We got, you know what one of the best parts of that conversation was for me was just getting into not political conversation, but getting to understand socioeconomic backgrounds and the ideals that he kind of has in life. Because I mean, I I can't wait for the day that I do get somebody in here who is pro-gun rights, the complete polar opposite of me, and we can have an actual conversation about it. Because although Shelley agrees with me on many of those topics, I think that it, it's almost bland if we just go back and forth and agree on something. So I hope that I can get someone in here to give me better reasons for why I should be a little bit more, why I could be a little bit more open-minded or why they could be a little bit more open-minded. So that is all I have for you guys today. We're going to stop it right at an hour and a half, right on the dot. I can't wait to go again next week. And you know what? Because we talked about it at the end of the episode, I'm going to go right for it. Next week, we have Shelly's roommate, Jack coming on the show and let me tell you it's an interview you're not going to want to miss so stay tuned to all my social pages make sure you follow me at herm underscore sl on twitter and instagram and you know what guys it's been beautiful stay grooving and i'll see you next week 